Almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoke and host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, suds. It's time for more suds. It's that time. With lube. <laughs> uh, see how he slipped it right in there. Oh. <laughs> Hi, guys. Ooh, and that we're off truth. script in three, two, <laughs> and off the air. <laughs> Yeah. Um, welcome everyone. Fearless, fearless friends out there. Um, this is yet again another sud segment where good beer meets really bad radio and really strange co hosts. Um, I'm your hostess with the mostest, good old gal Juliana. Strange one to the right of you. Thank goodness, yes. Uh, yeah, okay, and with me today are my favorite friends, good old boy Dave. Hey, girlfriend. Hey, boyfriend. <laughs> good old boy Mike. Dave, please stop holding my hand now. It's just, that was your hand. You're still lube on it, man. Oh, and good old boy so Kendall. Right, so yeah, right. I would say it's a pleasure to be here, but I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Kendall yeah. Is, Always have an exit strategy. Kendall is slowly edging away from Mike. <laughs> and the mic. Yeah. Kendall and his wife, June, have a really amazing blog, and he'll tell us all about it later in the show. Well, guys, it's that time of year. Mm. Can you believe that 2016 is, like, pretty much done? Yep, I'm glad. I don't remember any of it. <laughs> Which means it was a good year. Well, it was a good year. It was a great year. Yeah, it was a great beer for the. It was a great year for the radio show. Yeah. Definitely, Yay. great year and a great beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had some amazing and some not so amazing beer. Sure, sure. But yeah. it was winners and losers. Pretty, yeah, overall it was pretty good. Dave is a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen his shirt? I mean, come on. <laughs> uh yeah. Okay. We're only going to focus on the good stuff today, though, okay? Good vibes, good things. So no discussion to Dave. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no one insults the green bastard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Before we go any further, though, I want each of you to be thinking about something for the end of the show. Okay? Maybe, yes. This is like your little project Thinking is not really our strong Dave's point. Dave's actually but thinking you're going to come any sooner. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, but no, seriously. I want you guys to like think about a new beer's resolution. Okay? <laughs> For next year. With yeah. or without lube? With. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Mike's really hung up on this lube thing. I, 
It's yeah. weird because he keeps fidgeting in his chair. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And off we are, got a, ladies. Got a buzz on that one, Kendall. It was good, but. Wow. Okay. All right. First, let's let's talk about some trends, okay? Um, what are some things that stuck out to you guys this year? You know, caught you by surprise, maybe? I know that Mike fell in love with the infinite varieties of Goza. <laughs> you know. So, uh, that was one of the things that... Seeing a, a style that had not been, you know, in the U.S. market, you know, really come around and really seeing how you know the brewers began to play around you know with a wide variety of things with you know that base product um i lost count at the number of fruits that were infused with goza i mean it was like 14 15 i mean it was crazy and vegetables and Um, yeah i mean it's just um, and the lube (laughs) you know i uh the thing that shocked me was uh i i just didn't expect people to drift from the base you know style you know that fast um this is america mike well yeah i mean how many blood orange gozas can you possibly make do we really need like 15 you know different versions yes of that I think so. yes we do this <laughs> again this is america <laughs> we need blood orange we need dragon fruit uh we Gumquat. need blueberry raspberry snozberry gooseberry so I think that I uh, maybe Cucumber, it's just the frame of reference quiet. that I was looking at that and going, you know Rutabaga. what? I I really I like <laughs> the base beer. Yes, we need more pluot beer. <laughs> uh, I, I like the base, you know, um, uh, you know that we had on the uh, original Goza show. I just did not see the the vast you know variety that would actually move through and people playing with that style and almost stretching it you know beyond what it was originally intended to be. I really felt like people were always trying to compete with something that was going to uh, rail up against the um, the sourness and the saltiness you know in that yeah. beer and really finding a fruit uh, a fruit a fruit that was going to It's almost like they're trying to turn every style of beer into a rattler or something. You know, almost like know. uh something that that anybody can drink, you know, and you don't always need to do that. I don't think. Yeah, I think that's a really good point with the fruit. Everybody and we've seen this with other styles too. It's like let's just fruit the heck out of everything. You know, wheat beers and in uh, Berlin, you know, I think they started with the Berliners. And then that fed over to the Gozas, but, you know, also... Well, even IPAs. I yeah. mean, how many fruited IPAs are out there now? Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing that really caught my attention was, again, this really exponential lift on the level of quality, you know, kind of across the board. And uh, it wasn't just, you know, one style of beer, but I think what I was really seeing in a lot of parts of the U.S. market, again, was... A lot of people that were willing to dump beer that frankly was not making you know the cut or yeah. pulling things off the market mm-hmm. really quick and saying you know i think that this is not where we really wanted to go with this and instead of just throwing it on the shelf and saying yeah you know we made 40 you know barrels of it we're gonna we're gonna can it and keg it and call it a day you i know? think part of that is related to how many new breweries are opening up and how compressed or uh you know crowded the markets are getting so you have to bring your a game 
every beer mm. you know every time and you get your name connected to a stinky you know infected beer hmm. and people aren't going to come back there's way too many choices there's a good uh, transition point so what was the thing that happened that cost 107 billion dollars this year uh, it was the merger of ABM Bev with oh. uh, SAB Miller uh, Coors. I, I mean, was, was that the price tag? Yeah. Wow! Yeah. I right, thought it was yeah. going to be something the government did. I don't know. <laughs> I never, I never thought that a uh, a beer brand would be worth that amount of money on the market. You know, because ABM Bev yeah. brings in about forty five billion dollars a year. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I, for Jesus. for beer, you know. Yeah. Well, how much did um, how much they did that company pay for uh, Ballast Point? One billion. Oh, that, that was, was a crazy. billion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was nuts. What council? Billion did. with a B. Yeah, you know. Well, I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about you know. Of course, they did also have a homebrew store connected <laughs> to it, so that that probably was about <laughs> that half was a of huge it. revenue. Yeah, I'm right sure there. that was about half of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but not only, yeah, like so, the. Something, sorry, speaking, speaking. I can learn to Need speak. lube? I, I might. Um, the wealth of gypsy brewers that is out there now, I mean, that's become a thing. Just like the can has really become the thing this and year. the crowler. Well, and, you and know, the we, crowler, yeah. we've also seen, you know, transition of some really uh, tried and true gypsy brewers that are actually moving on to a lot more of their own equipment this yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, McKellar is moving to a semi-gypsy, you know, uh, situation. They're brewing a lot more stuff on uh, one set of equipment, but they're still kind of moving around. Evil um, Twin, did they? Didn't they <coughs> buy one? Or um, I well, know. I think they're just going to stay on the Westbrook system. Oh, so okay. I don't think they were gypsy brewing that much. One anymore. of the brews yeah. we tried a small gypsy brewer out of Chicago area, Transient, built their own brewery over in Michigan. Shoot, so, yeah, yeah, did a good job of it too. Great um, beers. Who is the uh, group out of uh, Jersey that uh, they went from Gypsy to buying their own stuff? Um, I'll think of it in a minute. <clears throat> but uh, is that, Almanac? Did they do Gypsy? No, I don't. I thought they I did. I don't think that was one. No. I, I, yeah, I think I think Almanac does do Gypsy, but they have not yeah. gone through that transition. No, yeah. I'll think of who it was in in just a minute. But you know, I think that that's. Uh, an interesting you know transition point that you know people make a recurring commitment into you know gypsy brewing and then moving on to their own systems well probably too like you know as other breweries go out of business you know just you start a brewery and you find out you can't make it and then you kind of have to go and somebody that opens the door for someone else okay um dave quickly you want to do the uh ratings oh yeah oh sure 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 <laughs> so uh we're not really drinking anymore. we are discussing a lot of our favorites well we're drinking beer but not officially uh but we are going to I'm rate officially drinking beer we are going to rate and discuss these beers with our uh sud ratings and signature belching sounds number one that sucks give me anything but a bud Number two, was that a belch? Number three, ah, what a relief. Four, a body should really not make that sound. And number five, listen to good old boy Mike. What a hang time. 
And crashing surf, iridescent dunes reflecting by the light of a rising, glowing moon. Seashore mesmerizing, night breeze hypnotizing. We've come across these back roads none too soon. Look to the left. On the road, my darling, wondering if we're only passing through. Open roads and open windows. My hand is yours forever, sweet love. That's why I didn't come to. Welcome back, everyone. With lube. <laughs> With lube. <laughs> wow. We are in the midst of our year-end wrap-up and we're going to talk about what really captured our attention this year other than lube mm. apparently yes other than that um good old boy dave what are your uh, top picks for the year well so i wanted to talk about some of the episodes we've done and and the clever titles um <laughs> And uh, you know, I'm laughing because if you do the creative process for picking our episode titles, you know it's my left elbow and then my right elbow, and then I, you know, usually there's like some point of grand epiphany that hits us. I don't know. Pick pick one. Whatever line makes Mike fall out of his chair. That's true. The show. Yeah, I find myself laughing at myself in post production. So uh, one of the first ones we did this year was called "The Strangest Thing I Ever Licked." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how about something big from something small? That yeah. just sounds dirty, doesn't it? Folks? Yeah. Well, that was about uh, you know a little micro uh, breweries that have a small distribution. Yeah. But a great beer. Yeah, a yeah. lot of great beer on that show. Sour beer dedication to Chad. Oh, Who yes. could ever forget Aww. that? I loved Sparky's rendition of you know Casey Case the ghost in that of voice, Casey you know, Dear Chad, with our dedication, with all my love. Uh, hey, we love your cans. Yep. <laughs> Very popular episode for some reason. <laughs> hmm, go figure. Probably some misleading advertisement <laughs> Probably. associated. Wow. Man, that was some picture. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, yeah. How about clothing optional beer? I'm seeing a theme all of a sudden. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. With lube. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we did bring in the Scottish weed. I think that had something to do with Gruet. Yes, mm-hmm. we uh, ventured off and did a alternative uh, hops alternative show, and uh, yeah, it, uh, some interesting feedback. You know, from that show, a lot of people were very grateful that we exposed them to things that were outside. You know, the base of you know products they enjoyed, um, as well as you know uh, bringing new products to the market that. It would help people kind of explore some things outside of just you know what what do hops you know bring to the for table. the hop sensitive yeah uh ex- speaking of exposing things uh my rod is bent yeah that was a fun one <laughs> it was <laughs> now that was dave asking this question he was reacting the whole time during this episode and going i do think that would bend my rod so you know i mean it yeah. just man's got to know himself i mean it was it was really funny 
I was I was laughing in the whole time in post production for that. Somehow we managed to turn Oktoberfest into uh, oh, man. something about uh, me wearing a dress and my bow is in the back. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, a like trendle actually. Thirty two beers on that show. I mean, yeah. it was crazy. It's a good AMA. show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no longer banned in Colorado. Great show. Uh, really enjoyed that one. A lot of great beer, you know, on that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, it was good. It was good to be back at GABF. So it was fantastic yeah. to go for my first time. Our first full-on tour of New England was called "My Dreidel Is Trimmed." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, definitely um, the bell of the ball. I think for hitting a lot of the scene this year was the New England style IPA and I thought we did a good job of covering it in a fairly balanced way you know this year so yeah really wow great. we did something balanced that's interesting well we did it with lube so. uh, <laughs> then we had Festivus for the rest of us yes a great show talking about a lot of great uh, beer festivals you know that we um, covered this year and really talking about all of the a wide variety of the products you know we yep. saw across all those somehow we stumbled our way back up to New England for Trillium in Tom Brady instant hummer <laughs> I touch myself. <laughs> yeah. Ma, where's my hoodie? <laughs> so, those are some of the highlights of 2016. So, if you call them highlights. I am so glad that nobody has recognized me in uh, the Boston area. So, I got to tell you, I, I actually went back. Uh, I was in town visiting some relatives. We went to Regina's Pizza. Been there forever. Um,. And uh, I was so afraid someone was going to recognize me um, eating there and and going, <laughs> and beat you know you what? To death. My ma talks just like that. <laughs> and you insulted her for asking the way that you were talking about the Boston accent here. So you just need to go outside. You're not getting any Regina's pizza. Get out. I, I think was you just were just waiting. I think you were really afraid off. of running into Tom Brady. <laughs> no, I wasn't. For him to look at me and go, "Hmm, instant yep. Hummer, really? Like now?" So, have you met Giselle? So, uh, um, yeah, that was. Uh, it was. I have to say, you know, I was. It was interesting, you know, some of the feedback and the comments that were rolling through that, and a lot of people were like, "Oh my gosh, you sound just like my cousin." I'm like. I don't know. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? You know? <laughs> He's special. <laughs> Very yeah. special. Yeah. Let's get to beer. Yeah. All right. So, your beer. So, uh, I will go all the way back to the summer. Uh, on our way back from BBC 2016, the Beer Bloggers Conference, Julie and I stopped in Gainesville, Florida. Why, I don't know. But, um, actually, we were... Hey, very there was fortunate. A it, it, it turned out very fortunate. Uh, we went to a place called First Magnitude. It's a very new brewery down there in Gainesville. They make a ton of phenomenal beers. I, I did not have a single bad beer there, but the one that stood out the most was an English Mild, which um, anyone who dun, 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 shocker. has tried one or tried to brew one knows is an extremely difficult style of beer to make. Just because it's very low gravity, it's a very simple malt bill, very low hopped, so any mistakes you make jump out and uh, are very difficult to hide. Theirs was called Drift, um, and it is probably one of the best English miles I've ever had. I've had quite a few, 
and this one was top notch all the way. I gave it a sud rating of five. And I know the reason I also know it was good is because I let Mike try it and he liked it. And Mike doesn't like he, Mikey doesn't like anything. So, well, you like I, some things. Well, it's very easy to make a poor uh, English mild, and I uh, always appreciate when someone does that really well. So, with lube, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know how to follow that. What's what's number two, Dave? It'll yeah. come to yeah. you. Yeah. Number two is poop. Kindle. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, what is my second beer? <laughs> so uh <laughs> That is E to the Z Utwilet disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it is. So the second beer I want to talk about uh is that one that actually Kindle brought to our I Like Your Cans episode. Uh, it was not in a can, which it was totally bro- totally broke the rules of the show. <laughs> but you know what? It was so so darn good. I'm just going to let it pass. It was called Nice Melons from Rivertown Brewing in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, one of the big things this year, I think, were cucumber beers and watermelon beers. And yeah, a bunch. Yeah. This was definitely one of the best ones. It, it was really, it accentuated the sweetness um, and a little bit of the uh, of the of the overall flavor of watermelons. I thought it was a true. Um, it, it really enhanced the flavor of the watermelons and embraced it. And um, again, I thought this beer was a suds of five. And your the third beer. <laughs> my dear was uh so at gbf <clears throat> sorry gabf um julie and i went to all of the state uh what do you call those the uh, guilds there you go guilds like fish um <laughs> with a d but uh so uh we went to all the state guilds and in the washington state guild duh uh they had a peppercorn saison that was phenomenal it uh great flavor uh, it really gave you all the essence of peppercorns but there was no heat it, it was not like a, a chili beer where you're you know got a big piece of uh jalapeno or something in there and it blows your palate out this was just the flavor of peppercorn and it really uh was a great beer very nice and savory flavor would uh love to pair it with some food at some point but uh, unfortunately, they wouldn't let me bring a plate over uh, to their stand and hang out. So, anyways, I gave that one also a suds of five. Yay. 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 Hmm. Good old boy, Mike. What are your top picks? Well, a uh, really exciting year for beer. It was very interesting going back to uh, my beer diary in uh, on Untapped. And Mike keeps a diary. <clears throat> well, it's about the only thing I can keep anything straight. Sometimes, you know, uh, the a uh, lot of really great stuff. You know, I was looking back even in a lot of my ratings, and I noticed that I wasn't really tagging a whole lot of things. You know, with a five this year, there's a lot of great beer, um, but you know, as far as really finding, you know, some exceptional standouts, they seem to be a better hit or miss this year, but there definitely were some, and I want to talk about those. 
top of my list is Trillium Brewing um, out of mm. Boston, Massachusetts and Camden. Yeah. So uh, I really uh, had an opportunity to taste a lot of uh, great products um, in the Northeast this year. And um, so I uh, would find myself with a wide variety of a lot of the Northeast, you know, uh, style IPAs kind of all at once. And um, I had a few just kind of impromptu little taste offs, you know, where I would sit down like with four or five of them all at once. And this particular version of Trillium really moved heads and tails above everybody else. And when I look at the uh, things I was tasting alongside it, um, like, you know, Alchemist, you know, Heady Topper or Fulkelbanger or, uh, you know, Treehouse uh, Julius or uh, even the uh, Doppelbanger uh, from... uh, uh, Treehouse as well, um, is and just a lot of you know things from Trillium. I was really surprised that something emerged to me as a clear winner. I really love uh, Congress Street uh, IPA. It is their flagship uh, APA um, at Trillium, and I just was really blown away with um, that every time I had it. And it was unfortunate that I didn't wasn't able to catch more of it. So there are a lot of, uh, that street series has a, a lot of, you know, variety of hops that they move through as well as, you know, a lot of other things. Um, we talked an awful lot about the variety of things on the Trillium show. So if you want to hear all about Trillium, go back and listen to that show. But Congress Street was something we didn't have on, on that particular program. And it was really unfortunate just based on availability and when they yeah, make those batches that we didn't. In fact... Here in the studio today, we actually have the Melcher. See, I can say it right. It's awesome. The uh, Melcher Street uh, from Trillium, just as a uh, a reminder of just how good you know some of these can be. Um, the unique uh, difference about this Congress Street is it's a Galaxy Hop, but it's an Australian variety of uh, Galaxy Hop, and you know I think a lot of brewers are playing around with sourcing hops out uh, outside the U.S. Um, Mainly the New Zealand hops are the things that a lot of people have been playing around with um, here in the U.S. And this is one of the f- uh, few that I know that have really been using the Australian you know, variety of the Galaxy hops. And mm. I really love this. This is a solid five all the way for me. So uh, the next product I want to mention was something I had in a bottle uh, when I was um, in the Virginia Beach area, um, and I picked up a uh, a bottle of uh, Alveni, um, and I had never seen this particular one um, before. This is the, and I'm going to mispronounce this. I think it's a, a Bolville, uh, and it's in a Calvados uh, barrel, which is a it's like a. a uh, Calvados is an apple, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, barrel, and uh, it's usually a little bit of a sweeter variety. Uh, Calvados is a, generally a liqueur um, that a lot of people enjoy. So this was uh, in an oak aged uh, Calvados barrel. Mm. Um, you know, I just remember sitting there and enjoying pretty much uh, the whole bottle myself. I think I shared it with one other person that was uh, sitting with me at the time for the tasting and. Um, man, I just uh, hunted all over the place to find more of that, and that really turned into practically the unemptanium. I mean, it was just, 
I know some more of it exists, but just not in that particular market that I was looking around for. Really great uh, product. Um, a solid five all the way as well for that. A lot of great choices uh, to hit the top three. And I didn't want to make this a love fest for all things hops, which would have been very easy to do. Because uh, there were so many great beers, and I talked a little bit about sitting down and having some really great, you know, head-to-head, -head, you know, conversations about uh, a lot of hops. We had an impromptu tasting um, with uh, Alchemist um, Bearded Iris uh, Homestyle, and what was the third one that um, we had a <clears throat> something we have from a, Treehouse? Okay, yeah, we had uh, one of the ones from Treehouse. I think Haze or very hazy. I yeah, think it was very hazy. Yeah. And, my uh, grandma drank all my pot. Yeah. Um, I think she would have still enjoyed that flight. I was still blown away with the Bearded Iris Homestyle out of that flight. Almost put it on this list. But it's just, you know, it's a distribution thing. And I, I can't wait for them to get out of, you know, Tennessee. Um, I think it'll be a solid choice. But I went with something I know people can find uh, in a much wider distribution. It was at the Shelton Brothers uh, Festival from Jay Wakefield. It was their Blender Vice uh, called Miami Madness. And I really have to give it up to something that in the middle of a festival setting to capture our attention and have us go back to something time and time and time again when you're in a room with two or three hundred beers and for us to even take the time to have something even twice, let alone three times, you're doing something right. That's the first time I'd actually had dragon fruit uh, laced on a Blender Vice. And I was really impressed with just how soft it was and how well balanced and it was just a really well made beer and a lot of you will go well blender rice that's like isn't that a chick beer or you know that's not what a lot of people you know really want um i have to say if you have the opportunity to pick a bottle of this up or catch a growler or anything uh, from them i think you'll be pleasantly surprised and i think this will take uh your concept of a blender vice to uh, a new all-time high um, I have to give this up a solid five again as well. So, uh, really great. Beer. Miami Madness. Yeah. So, uh, really tough to come up with uh, just three because uh, there were some really great choices. Cool. Um, go to Blake Kendall. What are your top picks? I had some, so many good beers this year. <clears throat> you know, at GABF, Shelton Brothers, Denver Rare Beer. Uh, plus the Beer Bloggers Conference and a bunch of other festivals all over the Southeast. Uh, it's hard to really pick out a few, but a couple that really stand out really just because they were special kind of events for me as well. Uh, from a little brewery in Pills and Czech Republic, uh, we <laughs> got to try... <laughs> wow. um, Pilsner or Kell, but before you go... Pilsner Kell made the top of your list. This was Pilsner Urkel flown, <laughs> flown in uh, from like uh, from Pilsen four days earlier. They put a keg on a plane of unfiltered, unpasteurized Pilsner Urkel. And I not only had this once, but twice. First in July down in mm. Florida, beer bloggers. And then I got to have it again. We had a keg at the uh, 12 South Winter Warmer here in Nashville. It is so rich, so good. It doesn't taste anything like the Pilsner Kell we get in a can or a bottle here. It was fantastic. If you ever get a chance, put this beer on your bucket list. You have to try it. It is a solid five. 
Kendall, hold that thought, and we'll be back in just a minute with more it's of his picks. Just the destination, but baby, the whole elation riding down this lover's avenue. Slow as a willow blows Or as fast as the whirlwind grows We glide beneath the stars in cobalt blue Look to the left, to the right Keep your eyes on the road, my darling Wondering if we're only passing through My hand is yours forever, sweet love Our eyes ahead on these back roads with a view Welcome back everyone and welcome to our year-end review of the best fears of 2016. Good old boy Kendall was discussing his, and uh, let's pick it back up with him. Yeah, I just left off with that unfiltered, unpasteurized Pilsner Urquell. Um, wow, what a beer. Um, but let's go a more hoppier direction. My second beer was Focalbanger from The Alchemist in Stowe, Vermont. Woo-hoo. You know, I love this beer. I got to try it actually on tap, fresh out at the brewery it was a wonderful trip up to vermont um this might be sacrilegious but i actually think focal banger is better than Huddy topper um it's a fantastic beer i brought back two cases in my suitcase and <laughs> nice. i gave a few to friends but i pretty much was selfish and drank every bit of it it was a fantastic beer and i'm already trying to figure out how to get back to vermont because i'm out of it and i, I need to make a trip up there so that's uh great beer find it if you can it's a five it's a five it's a five and my last beer um i also found when i was up in vermont it's actually just a few miles down the road from the alchemist and that's the von trapp family brewery Mm. so the von trapps are from the uh, sound of music you're probably familiar with that story just like that so uh you know i i was in a in a great little hotel in montpelier and i went to a gas station next door and picked up a four pack of their hellas the golden hellas is uh just a great beer and i love good german lagers and i got to try everything they made at gabf so you know they had a pilsner a dunkel the hellas an oktoberfest and a vienna lager so I really can't pick one beer. I just want to give a shout out to Von Trapp as my number three. And really across the board, they are a strong four all the way on everything they're making. Uh, I agree. Really cool. Okay, now we're going to get to mine. And the top 27 beers of 2016. <laughs> no, I'm just going to go with three-ish. Whatever. It's always the ish that gets yeah. you. Okay. See, I, first... I got an eight, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a one hour show. <laughs> Whatever. Um, the first one I want to talk about is Gugugish, um, otherwise mm. now known as Guru Gish. It's um, made by Mantra, Artisan Ales. And um, in a previous episode, we had a nice little discussion about this beer. Um, it was originally brewed for a really great cause on a really great person. 
Um, but it is exactly what it sounds. It tastes just like a goo goo cluster mm. in the best possible way. And it really blew me away because all of the flavors come out and they're all well balanced, but you get everything. And it's just, it's a really cool, fantastic beer. And it was, you know, done for somebody special and um, has now like become a big part of Mantra. And I gave that a five. <laughs> The second one that I wanted to talk about is from Funky Buddha. I love them so much. And at GABF, we were able to have this beer called No Crust. And it tastes just like the best peanut butter and jelly beer. Sandwich. Sandwich thing ever. Mm, It was... It was great. It was just... It was very decadent. And I know these are two dessert-type beers, but... They were just so great for what they were. Um, and, and, you know, and in a world of hoppy beers, which we, we've had a ton of hoppy beers this year, it was just really nice to have something different. Again, I gave it a five. The next, brewery, the next one I wanted to talk about is from American Solera in Oklahoma. And... Um, Tulsa, to be exact, and um, I was able to try them for the first time at Shelton Brothers Festival, and was really sort of blown away at how, for lack of a better word, how organic their beers were, and in particular, the Money Blend, just, I, I thought was just a very delicately beautiful uh, farmhouse. It was it was aged for 18 months in oak and it was a nice blend of oak and funkiness and lemon and it was just exactly what I was looking for that day and I I kept going back and back for more it was just so good and since then I've had a few more bottles of American Solera and I've just been really blown away by what they're doing out there Hmm. so um, again a five wow And I'm just going to sneak in one more. It's from La Cumbre from New Mexico, and it's their Elevation IPA. And I really liked all of their stuff, but the IPA oh, just was so yeah. bloody yeah, good. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Well, I could have brought that. Didn't and yay, I love you guys down there. It's so good. And that's a five. And I'm done. I, I totally agree with you. If you, if you. if you remember our GABF show, I raved about everything yeah. those guys were making. I love those guys. Yeah. I, I think you nice had a little corner too. of the mm-hmm. booth. That was like that was Kendall's corner. Kendall Anyways. became Norm at the Lacumbre booth. Yeah, they yeah. recognized me after a while. Okay, so we've done talking about our favorite beers. So now let's go into nominating our um, beer bars and tap rooms for our sip, suds, and smokes good pitching zone. We list them on our Facebook page and let you, our listeners, vote for your favorite. Um, here are a few of our past winners. In 2012, it was Craft Brewed in Nashville. Still rocking it. Yeah. They are. 2013, Blue Monk in Buffalo. Ah, I, those muscles still, uh, I just, uh, amazing. Okay. 2014, the McKellar Bar in San Francisco. Hmm. You know, uh, very difficult choices in the San Francisco market. Flux and, capacitor. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just can't say, I sat there, I could have. I could have sat there for three days, and it was they so, kicked so an out. amazing place. And last year was the Holy Grail from Louisville. Yep. yep. So, awesome uh, 
yeah i mean some really great uh choices that we had from the past so we're changing up our uh good uh belching zone uh process a little bit in the past what we've done is we've allowed the listeners kind of nominate some stuff and then vote uh you know for those um we've decided not to make it a contest so we're just gonna um tell you what are some of our the short list of some of our favorites and want to make sure you swing by and get to some of those want to try to get some signage out you know to some of these places as well so you know they're really great places but yeah uh those are all really solid to start with so our uh the good belching zones we're going to throw up for 2016 that doesn't sound right that we're going to throw up <laughs> that we're <laughs> Throw out there throw to the Adam. universe. <laughs> if you have a really good time <laughs> yeah. there, you might. You uh, might throw up. Rewind. Say that again, Mike. Our uh, our good belching zones for 2016 are going to be the following three places. Three Penny Tap House at yeah. Montpellier, Montpier in uh, uh, Vermont. Absolutely. I love that place. Um, was- Kendall and I both went there this year. Separate visits, but equally important. We both agree that our favorite part of the entire place is a sign that's up on the wall that says... Oh, you should ask me before because uh, I can't remember it, now. We will serve no in-bed products in this place. Yeah, yeah. That, that, so, that's right. I've got a picture of it somewhere. Yeah, I just thought that was a riot. I thought that was hilarious. But really great uh, stuff, uh, both sourced locally as well as uh, some things they've brought into that market. Mm. And, uh, um, the food is amazing, too. Yeah. So eat while you're there. Second uh, a place is going to be the Birch in uh, Norfolk, uh, Virginia. Um really a fabulous place in downtown uh, Norfolk uh, who's chugging I believe that would be good old gal Juliana so yeah we're gonna have to watch her put down a beer so what a PBR I think we're gonna have her chug that's that's not punishment man I'll do that right now okay all right we'll pick out find an old style or something anyway back to the good belching zone list the birch in Norfolk uh, Virginia Really fabulous place. Uh, this was some place that I got to visit uh, quite often um, this particular year. Um, I was really impressed um, just across the board. They had so many amazing things there at the Birch. I love their tap rotation. I love the fact that they had uh, about five to six dedicated cider taps. Wow. Um, yeah. And it wasn't just they were like token ciders that they had on tap there. They were some really great choices. I had a lot of great beer sessions um, at the Birch. A lot of great beer. Um, and uh, I love their... Uh, they actually have a cabinet where some... They actually... Uh, it's a cellar that they allow some uh, small group of people to come in and age things. And yeah. then gather there periodically. And they had some amazing stuff That's um, awesome. in that uh, cellar uh, as well. And uh, a lot of other great cellar uh, products that are available there at the, at the Birch. Well, the last one I'm going to add to this list is we're going to swing back to the West Coast and go to the other side of the bay. We talked about McKellar Bar out of San Francisco. If you go to the other side of the bay in Oakland, you're going to run into Beer Revolution. So uh, the best way I can explain walking into Beer Revolution is you walk in and go, I'm lost. (laughs) Because it just... Let's just say the decor in uh, Beer Revolution is, uh, you know, it looks like a bomb went off in a dive bar about 20 years ago. <laughs> mm, and, that kind uh, of place. It's one of these places that I think you can actually hear Jerry Garcia still singing, you know, walking through the bar. Uh, so it's, uh, they have, uh, at least when I was there, they had a row of uh, coolers 
um, all along the back wall where they had a bunch of really great uh, bottle products and um, that they actually have a permit that you can um, you can buy and carry you know out of uh, beer revolution which is really nice uh, but definitely the uh, the tap list is just amazing um, it's a little difficult to navigate at times because there's a lot of things that rotate through they're really fast I probably saw no less than six kegs kick uh just probably the maybe the hour and a half that i was there um and just you know amazing stuff from the who's who of brewers both on the west coast as well as you know a lot of things that were outside of that geography as well so uh three really solid uh, good belgian zones uh, for sure is there anything else that you guys thought of you wanted to um, the great beer bar, Belgian beer bar in Greenville, South Carolina, called the Trap Door, with mm-hmm. some fantastic Belgian food. Um, we spent a great evening there. That we stopped by for appetizers and beer, and we ended up being there for five hours. So it was that kind of place. Cool. Check it out. Yeah, very cool. We hit a really good place in Cheyenne, Wyoming, called Accomplice Beer Company. Um, great tap system. Great food. Oh, that was the place that the automatic taps. Yeah. Auto taps and um, the the staff extremely knowledgeable and and very accommodating. Mm. Very cool. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of great stuff coming up for season five here on Sip Suds and Smokes, and a really uh, fabulous uh, schedule that's ahead of us. Um, uh, definitely for sud segments as well as for our other uh, segments on uh, Sip Suds and Smokes as well. We're going to talk about a lot more breweries. Uh, we have a ton of uh, brewery takeover um, shows that are ahead. Dave, Juliana, what are some of the short lists of those that you guys have staged? We're going to do Ardent Brewing mm-hmm. out of Virginia. Um, we're going to take a beer trip to Buffalo, New York. We're going to do Green Bench 2 in the future. Yeah. And, uh, Yep, there's several others. Uh, I know we have staged. Uh, we have uh, uh, the before and after show is uh, uh, what we're going to do for Goose Island. So we have a set of beers yeah. that were made before the buyout for MBEV, and then we have another set that were made after it. So it's a before and after show. We're going to talk about the difference between brewing and blending. Yep. Uh, the different skill sets involved. Um, showcase some beers around that. Uh, Funkworks uh, is another uh, brewery show that we have lined up. Actually, it's a special lineup where they've done single hop varieties um, for uh, the Funkworks lineup. And a show that I'm looking forward to doing is the Casey Brewing Show. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, is, that's uh, is, is really going to be uh, fantastic to get some of those beers. So, um, a lot of uh, really uh, great lineup that we have. Be sure and uh, catch more of our episodes for season five. And our back catalog is fairly timeless. Um, you can go back and enjoy any of the 200-plus uh, episodes that we have in our back catalog um, as well. So, um, you know, uh, if you you want to get to our uh, resolution, don't you? Um, I do. But for those of you that like mead, have no fear. We got you covered. Oh, We're going to yeah. be doing a couple of mead episodes um, next year as well. But yeah, since you mentioned it, and thank you for mentioning it, um, give me some resolutions, some beer resolutions for next year. Hmm. Anybody? My new beer's resolution for 2017 is to drink many more awesome beers with you <laughs> awesome people and 
be even funnier than I was in 2016. That's not a stretch. I'm glad you're setting the bar so low. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know what? If I had a button to push, <laughs> I'd push the ejector seat button for you, buddy. <laughs> well, that, that was pretty close to what I was thinking. I was thinking, I just want to have more great beer with great friends with Dave and more lube. So, <laughs> Cut. Wow. One of my goals is to uh, get me and good old gal June... Uh, doing a little more on the beer blog than we did 2016 was a slow year for us and i also have the personal goal of shotgunning a crowler in 2017 wow we're gonna get video yeah we're gonna do that early in the year too wear a raincoat (laughs) and lube (laughs) how about Um, you i want to get back to bjcp guidelines and i want to go and seek out no 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 no. stop 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 no i want to go to the archaic stuff like you know stuff that's like kind of harder to find and like do some more research on like weird strange german beers and just kind of get back to some of the old school beers that you just don't see that much anymore you just want to say whoosh diner again i do (laughs) i do yep dave oh we already did you all right fine i don't know i guess we're done okay we'll keep one goal a year yeah i guess (laughs) well that's gonna wrap it up for today's episode We hope you enjoyed this episode and you can catch all of our episodes online as well as on SoundCloud and TuneIn and Stitcher, YouTube, PRX, and Spreaker, our native media host. iTunes and our own Android app are the easiest ways to enjoy the show on your phone. Just search for Sip Sud Smokes on iTunes or in the Google Play Store. And be sure to to subscribe and show will always be on your phone. We love your feedback, and you can reach us online at info at sipsudsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes fill out on Twitter every day at sipsudsmoke, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. You'll also be able to interact with the thousands of other fans on those social media platforms. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode and be gentle if you're listening to <laughs> us online. And news loop. Um, good old boy Kendall, tell us about your blog. My wife and I blog about the Good news of good beer at beermakes3.com, also on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Well, I want to thank all of our hosts. Good old boy, Dave. Ah, man, 2016's been awesome, uh, except for uh, all the lube talk. So I hope uh, 2017's a little bit drier, a little bit tighter. (laughs) (laughs) Good old boy, Mike. (laughs) You just can't write this stuff. It would be rejected so so hard fast. You know, I'm thinking that I really should come up with my top three flavors of lube, you know, for at least for next year as Divine Guidance. You know, I'm thinking like cherry lime, a little bit of vanilla. Dragon fruit. Dragon fruit. That'll work. Anyway, hey, this is good boy Mike. Come back. Join us once again and keep on sipping. <laughs> and good old boy Kendall. It's always a pleasure to be here, y'all. Cheers. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and keep on chuggling. This has been a one-tan-hand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. 
From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time. <laughs> <laughs>